people, your dreams have now been fulfilled. Wow. Get your ass up and let's get ill. Ill. That's right, y'all. You're more than rough. rough. We're calling you bluff. bluff. And when it comes to Like Darth Vader caps, they on stairs. While we rocking it, I rockin' it. Okay. Like a little ball inside the spray can. Providing three coats for both child, woman, and man. God bless the guard, lady streets, wall of wall it go. Yo, you got popped like a flick by that rivalry click and win. It ain't my fault, your ass is on the asphalt. Got your chin touched by my fan who thought you brought harm. You see, hey, I might stop uh, like a glass of tea. Co-host Rich was was right. Uh, by the way, I'm Travis Bryant, your host, and co-hosting with me, as always, is uh, Richard Fan. Uh, Rich, what's happening? Not much. Ready to talk about some good theories and a lot of revelations from this week's episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, you called it. Might as well just get it, talk about it up front. It's one of the last scenes. Or it is the last scene we saw in the episode, but it was revealed that Eamon is the lion and he is a coward because i guess because he set the wizard up and you know did it while being on his side so we kind of just did he even set him up? yeah i mean we'll we'll talk through it and, and and get some ideas flowing back and forth but I want to know, like, is he with Glinda? Like, is he just kind of out on his own for because he has a, this, you know, soft spot for these these young women, these young girls? So, we'll um, we'll uh, get to that. Any 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 uh, opening thoughts? Uh, surprises, anything gloat about your calling it of Eamon being the lion? I mean, I, I mean, at this point, I, I've, I, really, I was in two worlds. It was either going to be Eamon or Ojo. Yeah. As far as just the girth of how they looked in the preview. Mm-hmm. See? And I figured it would be more likely Eamon because of the armor. Yeah. But then that was before, you know, I was way back in the beginning. And I didn't realize they were going to keep the coward part until you showed me the promo. Yeah. So I'm watching, I'm way behind, I'm like just past the Christmas episode of Days of Our Lives. So I'm seeing, they're hyping the crap out of Emerald City, you know, January 6th, blah, 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 reimagining. And I keep seeing like, oh, there's the lion, and he's got these deep blue eyes underneath this mask. And I'm like, that's got to be Ojo. And and I think that was maybe there to throw you off, because that hat that's what it turned out to be. Because Eamon has he's a 
dark haired, dark eyed guy. Mm-hmm. Those that is not. I mean, they were just being stylistic with the. I mean, uh, yeah, I think they just did it to throw you off to make you think. Because you saw Ojo the first episode, and he's this big, burly guy, and you're like, oh, I remember, he, he must be, and he's got these bright, express, blue, expressive eyes, and you're like, you know, if you thought about it, if you consciously thought and remembered, oh, I'm putting two and two together from the promo, he must be the, the lion. That's, if that was the case, I don't think it was worth, you know, I don't. It seems kind of weird to, to do that, if that was the case. Or, it's just them, they were being stylistic, and they wanted you to notice that there were eyes underneath this mask, and that it wasn't an actual lion, but a man with this big, dumb lion head over his head and shoulders. So to so to illuminate and to uh, uh, make the eyes stand out, they made them the blue, so you... You know, because if it's you know dark, dark brown or black eyes in a shadowed helmet thing, you know it's might be hard to you know <laughs> understand and put that. Oh, that guy's wearing a lion's head. So <laughs> yeah. So so Amon is the lion, and apparently is a coward. I'm still interested to find out why the what he does that's necessarily cowardly i mean because if it's just subterfuge and and turning on somebody i mean most likely most turns aren't going to come with you literally like you're not going to be like gun guard and have this fight you're going to do something to give yourself the advantage and you're going to do something sneaky and slick and and it's and stay hidden as long as possible I think that's wrong to call that cowardly. It's just, again, unless we find out he did some real nasty, cowardly stuff, and then I'll revise my my uh, my standing. But so far, I'm just confused what makes him a coward. I, I think it might be from the cowardice of just following orders, and that could be either be with both the wizard or the wizard and whomever else he's. The double agent for, without thinking for himself. Hmm. Yeah. Like, well, I'll murk all these people. Yeah, definitely looking forward uh, to where he goes in the final uh, two episodes. Uh, We get our previously on to start the show, and they focus on Jack and Langdeweer's relationship. Tip and Mistress West's uh, doings, and Glinda, and magic, and uh, the wizard killing the, or draining the young witchling last week of her magic, and West taking her taking her magic and setting it free or whatever, and also Lucas now Rowan and Glinda and Dorothy. Triangle here. Magical triangle. I really liked how this episode showed the hierarchy of, you know, that witches. I mean, Eamon was, or, or I'm sorry, Rowan was pretty much, I mean, like the, tri- like she had the power. She made things happen. Glinda, like the woman in the relationship. Like he was kind of, uh, not at her mer- at her mercy because she didn't put him in that situation. By the end, she did. Like, do it or I will, kind of. And we'll get to that. But 
it was it was it was interesting to see the the gender dynamics. I guess is a is a is a way to put it. Um, yeah. So we open we open uh, this week's uh, with a scene of all the wizards, guards, and army, you know, military guys walking, or you know, on horseback carrying their sigils, flags, and they're headed to. They're headed to. Uh, where were they headed first before they went to Ev? I forget. They were headed somewhere. Weren't they headed to the, um, the woods? Not the woods. Uh, were they headed to Glenda? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's just this big display of might and what his army looks like. At least some of it. I'm immediately struck with the 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 old schoolness of it. Like, why in a world where there's a guy who can be built and salvaged like like Jack was and turned into this machine, are they still driving this horseback? Like, what is this? It's just, I told you, big big Clydesdale. Big Clydesdale, yeah, keeping the keeping that little motor, that little engine, uh, out of business. Can't get them patents, just like they did to, uh, just like they did. Was it Ford who was trying to? Uh, yeah, Ford did it, and the Wright brothers did it with aeronautics. Right, but at first they oh, they wouldn't let somebody change. I guess it was Ford. They wouldn't let them like change the patent or something. They wouldn't not change the patent. They wouldn't let him like do something. He won a he won a crazy court case in like 1904, and then you know the rest is history. Um, but anyway, there should be some kind of better transportation than some stupid ass horseback. I said it last week with specific, especially last time or two weeks ago with. With Langdewear leaving Oz and traveling back and forth from Oz to Ev and Ev to Oz in her in her you know wagon trail deal she had and her you know it was fancy and cushiony and expensive but you again you guys built a dude like come on make yourself a little car or something or at least have a rail or some kind of my yeah wait they had rail in 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 Ev. Yeah. But I mean, getting to anywhere else. Build that shit. What the hell? They don't have indigenous folks to force to do it. <laughs> you had to conquer some Ojo's people. No, then they'll rock monster you to death, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Uh. <laughs> See? If, if a couple of Navajo had a rock monster or two, we wouldn't be dealing with this crap. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Right? I have to say it has some real magic. Damn Hobies in there. See, you talk that crap all you want. The views of Travis Bryant do not represent those of South Congress, Fan by Fan, LLC. Cameron Hawkins, Esquire. Uh, I'm sorry, President. Esquire. Not Esquire. But CEO. Um, okay, so so after the Wizards display, and he tells Eamon he must stay at in Oz to protect Oz, because Eamon wants to go with him. 
in case, because yes, they are going to fight Linda or Glinda, because Eamon says, you know, what if the witches? What if there's a battle and the wizards like ain't gonna be no battle. But he's pretty confident he'll get the armaments, the guns from Ev, and it'll be a very short, not even war, very short battle. And he leaves Damon in charge of uh, of Oz. Then we head to a field, back to the field where where Mistress West took the essence of the young witch and, and set it free. And she's back to asking uh, Tip about this that bejeweled dagger that she has. And um, Tip's like, I'm not lying. This is I don't I don't know any of these things because she's like, this is this belonged to King Pastorish, and she and he passed it down to the, uh, Princess Ozma and her namesake. And she's like, I don't know what any of that means. Like, seriously, I just I just took it for protection and maybe, you know, to sell or whatever she said. And. And then Mistress West basically convinces her that you're Princess Ozma. You're the true you have you're the true heir to to Oz. And gives her the dagger back and she's like. You know, you want you want some power, and you know you it's you know your birthright. She's like, can I change change myself back into a boy? She's like, you can change yourself to back to a tomato, for all I care. And then uh, she starts uh, she starts considering it. She's like, what kind of name is Ozma? And then Mistress West tells her she's you know they were born for great things. They were born to fly. And she takes her, scoops her up in her arms, and. She takes off and uh, takes off flying. Then we're back in the north, and okay, so this isn't just—I'm not crazy. I, th- I, I, okay, so they're in that igloo, or not igloo, but looks like it. But they're in like a, a holding area, holding cell. Dorothy is, and she's stuck in there with a woman who's very pregnant, and. Not only very pregnant, but like wincing in pain because like the baby's like moving around and maybe she's having contractions or something. And um, she finds out she was in there for falling in love. She she ended up falling in love with the wrong person and got pregnant. She was, I guess, a councilwoman. Yeah, she was. Uh, she broke her oath to, of celibacy to the high council. Uh, hit it long enough until she just couldn't, for obvious reasons. And. Uh, so they're basically just kind of getting to know her. Dorothy's just asking her questions about Glenda, and she's telling uh, she's telling the, the the woman about about uh, Sylvie, and she's like, "You're going to hang. Basically, you're going to hang for what you did for your crime." And she's like, "What crime?" And she's like, "Kidnapping Glenda's husband." So that's the moment where we find out really who Rowan is. We didn't get it last week like promised. We just got, you know, the, the kiss and all that. You left to speculate. So, we know for sure that Rowan is Glenda's husband. And, you know, it doesn't surprise anyone, I don't think. Yeah, and I think this is a weird situation where I think Rowan was going for a sister-wife scenario. And it was blowing up in his face. Because throughout both the episodes, he's like, 
Yeah, I, I kind of love you both. And mm. can we? Uh, and Glenn was like, no. That is no. not what I took from that. I, I took, took that he 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 remembers the love for Glenda, but yeah. he also has. But he can't this get rid love. of. Uh, yeah, it's like the spell being broken, or the spell being broken brought back the feelings and my memories of you, but it didn't get rid of the last two weeks or however long he spent with Dorothy. Yeah, but then this very next scene where Glenda's all loved up and laid out, Yo, like she's like at his like. Feet at, his at his feet, crotch, like, like, and she's basically in some post-coital, like, thanks for that. And well, he, he so tells this her, isn't hey, a... I can't be responsible, because she asks, okay, what did, you know, because she, she, Glenda called her an assassin. He's like, she's not an assassin. And then he, re- she repeated his words. The wizard was, she was sent here by the wizard to kill Glenda. And she's like, what did? He's like, but that won't. She saved my life. He's like, well, and what did you do in return? He's like, I did the same when necessary. And she said, well, and what did you do when it when necessity wasn't called for, or you know, when it wasn't necessary? Like, you know, basically, like, did you smash? That was the question. It was not framed that way, but that was the question. And he stared at her. I cannot be held responsible for the action. And he's right. He's totally, utterly right. I, you cannot be mad at Rowan for going off and not knowing, you know. And she's like, I put a spell on your, your, your mind. It was for your, your brain and your memories, not your heart. And he's like, whatever. And uh, wait a minute. In, in Glenda's defense, mm-hmm. the fact that this dude, and I've said this since the first episode when we started doing this. This dude just got decrucified, and he's like, "How are you?" What to Dorothy? You mean? Yeah. You know, hey, what's up? How you doing? How you doing? Oh. Nah, I mean, I come on. You can't. <laughs> there is absolutely no way to be upset. Oh, your heart. Blah blah. Shut up. <laughs> but the scene ends with. Her disrobing and him making a Gavin face. Yeah, have a TV paused on a nice curvature. You got some side side slash back boob <laughs> in the beginning of her hips and butt in the shot. Very nicely shaped woman. Um. Anyway, back to uh, the holding cell. The, the young woman, pregnant lady, Noah, we find out later is her name, I believe. She asks, what happens to, where's the baby's dad? He said, murdered by the wizard. And, you know, that makes, that made Dorothy, uh, you know, sit up like, what, the wizard? And, you know, like, why? It's like, because I betrayed Glinda, he betrayed the wizard. And uh, the wizard wasn't having it. She said, people fear monsters, attacks from the sea or sky. Uh, but what they re- really should feel fear is the Wizard of Oz. So, Dorothy, he's the he's the true beast forever. So you got the witches calling him a beast forever. You got him calling the witches a beast forever. Uh, Lucas shows, Rowan shows up. She calls him Lucas. He's like, don't call me that. She's like, then, you know... 
should I call you? And the scene got all intense. And he's like, my name is Rowan. And they're like all close to each other. Oh, 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 this is what I meant to say. So in this holding cell, there's a crack in the wall. Right? And also on her like roof where her rose tree is. Like, who has a rose tree? They're rose bushes. But in Oz, they're rose trees. There's a giant crack that runs through like the foundation, uh, like the building itself, like the structure. And then on the rewatch, I noticed, like, oh, it's in this holding cell, too. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the door. And she was. Mm -hmm. She was pretty funny with the. Dorothy was in full home record mode. So you married, huh? You have any kids? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, if you got kids, you know, that'd have been a step too far. Which, right. You know, hey, she spent that time with him. Um. So yeah, so he tells her, tells her his name. She's like, hey, it's Rowan. Who's married? Do you have, do you have children? Yeah. No. Um. Do you love her? It's like, stop it. You know, she's like, no matter what I call you, you're still the same man. It's like, how can I be? So it's just this intense, like they clearly, he's trying not to love her, and she's trying to not have him forget that, you know, they love each other. And, you know, don't don't try that. He's, he's Joe West tearing up, watery eyes, and... Um, and yeah, so again, all the uh, meant to mention all the doors to the place work by magic. Um, so I don't know how he got in this time because he couldn't leave later in the show. Um, but yeah, they're they're all magic doors, and the woman, the pregnant lady, is immortal and doesn't have magic. So when he leaves here, the door opens and shuts just before she could, and it's just a wall. Like we talked about last week, I was just marble. Next shot is the third sex scene of the series. And this was probably the most tepid uh, of the three. Mistress West and her getting straddled or straddling the homes uh, in episode one was, uh, was the most visually blatant the uh, hand job in the woods last week was was the second most and in this one she's just uh, kind of straddling them but they're both sitting up and I'm again I'm wondering if this has if they're showing us what this has anything to do with the power dynamics like we're witches we're in control we ride we're on top kind of thing no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, you know they're they're the dominant sex, so that's you know we'll have you how we want you, or how we want it, or whatever. Next, we have Glinda holding Sylvie's hand, and there she's talking uh, witch language to to her, and she's got her her assistant, who's in tow, always in tow. Um, Oh, okay. So the entire when they show the when they show the wide shot of all three floors of this 
of this of her building there are a couple there are a bunch of pillars on top of each other on each floor that have a crack running through it so we're going to find out in a memory or something a lightning bolt maybe one of those giants uh um you know threw his one of your giant spears down but something happened and, and it permanently uh, damaged the structure and this very pattern lightning strike sword slash kind of kind of way and something obviously pretty big and powerful had to do that so I'm curious to when that when that shows up so yeah so she's talking which language she's telling Sylvie you know uh, we're gonna help you develop your skills and um, you know, to realize your potential as a witch. And we try protecting you, but your ears are tainted by their tongues. Uh, once you're with your own kind again, it'll be like you never left. And boy, did that uh, did that come true. And she asked, where's Dorothy and Lucas? And Glenda didn't even answer. And she just hustled her into to a room to meet the other witch girls. Yep, every room has has almost has a giant blemish, giant crack running through it. Earthquake, maybe I don't know. So she's reintroducing the girl. She's Glenda tells her treat her treat her well, but you can you already know. Uh, all the girls, all the other witches are looking at Sylvie like mm, fresh meat. And then Glenda tells her. Uh, Tells her assistant, the new prisoner, I want her gone. And so, did you take this as she was sending her to kill her? I think so. Yeah. So, when she gets into the room, into the holding cell, uh, the, the young woman, the pregnant uh, ladies, bleeding, there's blood, and she's... Dorothy's between her legs, like, checking her out, and she's like, you know, oh, and the, the little the witch assistant grabs her by the throat, like, what are you doing? And she's like, look, you can kill me now, or you can go get tell Glenda to bring her ass down here with some hot water and some towels. So the, 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 the young woman, the witch woman, the witch assistant, lets her go and uh, shuffles off, I guess hustles off to go uh, find, <laughs> get Glenda and get her, get some advice. Then we get to Jack waking up in bed, in Langdeweer's bed, the next morning after, you know, after uh, putting his uh, uh, don't even squished, don't even his squished damaged genitals inside her pure nope queen body after he lovingly had a night of piston fueled yeah. desire. Lovingly, as he clumsily tried to wiggle his burnt, charred, squished parts around inside this gorgeous woman. You know, he's like trying to keep his balance and falling over. It's probably like slapstick. <laughs> That's right. Making fun of a veteran and an amputee and. <laughs> I, for one, what a veteran! What wars he served? What military he served in? You don't know his papers. The war against Oz. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so the butler and the maid are there with, uh, you know, ready to draw him a bath, and he lets them know, like, um, I'm metal. And, but they're super like, oh, apologies, sir. And, like, just like. Can we give you some oil? How He's like, we, whoa. How about we oil up your odd parts? And holds up a little tin, a little, little, a little jug of, uh, whatever of oil. <laughs> He's no. He's like, see, I told you that was the number one export out of Ev. <laughs> to wheeling tree sap or whatever the hell. Yep. Warming, warm to the touch, like KY. <laughs> Then, uh, then we we cut to the temple where the witches, you know, did where they did their ceremony for for Mistress of the East, Merciful and Stern, and phew, uh, Mistress West and Tip fly into the thing like a ball of energy. It was really cool, like the little the the graph uh, the CGI that they used, but they go underneath. Remember, there's the crypt underneath the uh, the uh, the temple, and that's where they go. And Tip's like, "What is this place?" She's like, "This is uh, the crypt that where not even the wizard knows. And this is where we keep all of our uh, all of our sisters. We don't preserve their bodies. We preserve their magic. And uh, here's my sisters of Mistress East. And um, we I need you to." Uh, I need you to drink it. Taste, taste my sister's magic. And Tip's super apprehensive, like, uh, can I turn myself into a boy if I do it? And then this is when she hit her with the tomato line. It's like, if this if this works, you can turn yourself into, to, into a tomato, for all I care. And Tip goes, if. She's like, well, nobody's done this before. And then you realize, like, oh, they're about to, like, do some shit that, I mean, you assume Mistress Wes is a couple hundred years old. You know, at least... A hundred years old? Yeah. Because 20 years ago, when the Beast Forever came, was nothing to her. I mean, it was just like, you know, whatever. So she's old. Let's say a century at least. And um, and a witch! And she's like, nope, not, never been done. We don't know anything. So, new ground here. Um, so after not much convincing she uh tip just grabs the jar the the jar and drinks mistress west spells i mean it takes like a couple sips not like it's a big ass goblet it's not like she downed the thing and then immediately goes into a seizure and then she starts having these memories of her parents king and queen king and queen pastorius Running with her as a baby, a toddler, and you hear her crying, and they can't get away, and there's the Wizard of Oz, and, uh, and, oh, oh, before this, Mistress West explained to her, her, her lineage, or her, you know, what happened, that her parents were murdered by the wizard, and so were the princes, princes and princesses, and, uh, but obviously not, because at least her one survived, and, um, you see her dad get murdered, and then you see the lion. Oh, by the lion, and then the, the the mom pulls out a little dagger and tries to go after him, but he's a he's aiming. He's a soldier, and he just slices her, and blood flies. So she's remembering basically not her birth, but like very early baby memories. And then she passes out, and Mistress West can't wake her up, and she panics, and she screams. Aah! 
And I'm like, well, the whole town probably heard that. Then, uh, then Jack is fully dressed. All the soldier guys are carrying the, the newly minted, newly made guns. And Jack wants to see the queen, wants to see Langdewear. And the butler guy's like, hey, why don't we just take a carriage ride or go to the park? He's like, no, I want to see the queen. She can spare a moment. He's like, she's busy. Uh, we got things, you know, she's got things to do. He demands it. He barges in on her. She lets him have it. Like, Jack, you don't belong in here. First off, she's wearing the most gorgeous mask. I mean, it is an see, absolute I, no I notice that you hate the masks that hide hide her face. Completely. I like the one last week that the that, that ended the show last week. The it's not that that one covered her face. It was creepy looking. This one is by far the most transparent mask she's worn. You get a very yeah. good idea of what she looks like, especially later in the episode when they shoot her from the side, and you're able to see almost completely unimpaired because the mask is like wiring and has some pearls and other like really awesome gorgeous looking jewelry stuff on it uh you see a really good shot of her profile and, and really get an idea that she, of what she looks like but anyway she's like jack you don't belong in here ev has secrets that need to be our own which should have been a hint at what they were going to pull a little later jack realizes his mistake and is like okay uh maybe i'll just go take a carriage carriage ride yeah jack is currently in the pretty woman phase totally, of the relationship totally he's totally like in over his head waking up to butlers and stuff not no you know but he also has to understand like okay buddy you're smashing now a queen a, a queen that's just transitioning into being a queen she expressed i was an orphan yes or i was a princess yesterday today i'm an orphan and a queen just like that at the same time so you have to understand besides official business and queen duties monarchy duties she's dealing with a lot of shit so come on, don't be Mr. Like, I need to see the prince, she can spare a moment. Like, well, maybe she can't. She'll... And there's a reason that when this happens, typically in royalty, you become the consort, not the king. There's a power dynamic there that you can't meet. Hmm. So yeah, so he realizes and uh, just goes and, uh, you know, goes. She, she, she basically... Flicked him a coin, and he was, he's going to go shopping for something pretty. Yeah, go, and go. Then she, and then she goes right back to the guns, and the bullets go here, and this. be careful of this, and it's, the captions say unintelligible conversation. But they have boxes and crates full of weapons, and they're hand-waving over it because somehow they were able to, again, create, test, and mass-produce these rifles from a pistol specs well remember ev is basically china i get they can no, no, reverse no, no. engineer I, anything I, I get but that's leading to my point and they don't have any goddamn proper transportation besides horse and carriage well maybe those are their war vehicles oh i can't well oh wow yeah we see some tanks i'll take everything back it, maybe that's what they do. But it's like, still, they they're still hand waving over the idea that you you 
these guys have never dealt with. You're giving an entire battalion, at least, a bunch of guns. Well, think of it this way. When you have a guy, or, or not a guy, when you have a society that's built on technology, as soon as you get a new piece, everyone's going to assimilate danger. it. I'm just no, you're going to assimilate it. It's no, 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 no. It's I'm just saying that you don't. And like, oh, uh, and here's what I'm saying. Learn how to this fire is, gun safety, all that. It's just like no, no, no. This is China. I'm saying a smooth thirty dudes caught a bullet. Oh, oh, okay. So you're saying they did have their. Uh, their oh yeah, we just didn't see we the just mishaps. Didn't get to see, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, that. that's why he's like, now you don't want to do this because right. we lost Bob that way. Yeah, right. Right, Bob's in a damn cast because he shot himself in the foot. Tim shot his junk off, so please. You got to make sure the bullets go in this way because. <laughs> yeah, Bobby had, had a misfire. Blow up in his yeah. face, put the bullet in backwards. Idiot. <laughs> Greg still can't see out of his left eye. Right, right. But they were super, like, in sync and at the end when they, you know, turned. Oh yeah, you know, like all right, I get it. Okay, so anyway, he goes off. Jack off. Wait a minute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I, I, I apologize. I'm yeah. gonna have to contradict myself. Okay. This has all happened in a day and a half. Yes, that's a, that's yes. <laughs> that oh, was man. my initial thing. Yeah. 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 This isn't. Mu- that's I why I said and do that all over and that days. and mass produce, but you can't come up with a nice vehicle. Of some sort for your queen, kings and queens and royalty. Like, have one. I ain't saying everybody in the kingdom got to have a damn car. Or nice, right. you know, motorized wagon. A.K.A. a car. <laughs> but, okay, so you, know, you can have my, my other question is, along with this, why haven't they found out about the car that Dorothy came in with? Yeah. Good point. Because it landed in the eastern woods. It's snowy. The Ojo tribe people don't care. They're, they clearly right. aren't like technologically like uh, the shits. So they are not with the shits when it comes to technology. They, they do their magic and they live off the land. And they probably shunned it. They probably like, Ugh, don't go into that part of the forest. Probably built some myth around it now. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Sylvie is now, and we learned earlier her name is Leith, Leith, L-E-L-E-I, I don't know, Leith, Leith. Some yeah. Shit. You didn't hear it in English, you heard it, she said it in, in Witch, so. Uh, and they're all around, gathered around, sitting down, eating, eating, like, gruel, it looks like oatmeal, and, um. And Rowan comes in, and Sylvie immediately is like, hey, 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 what's up, man? And she reaches out for him, and he's like, he shakes his head no and tells her to eat. Meanwhile, the two girls next to her are just giggling and clearly, like, talking shit about her. And all the other girls at the other tables are eating all while, like, looking at the new girl. So Sylvie goes to put her spoon in her oatmeal, and one of the girls uses her magic to pull the bowl away. And then she pulls it back to her, and then to her Sylvie pulls it back in front of her to take another, try to take another spoonful, and the girl does it again. And the whole time, Rowan is back in the behind her, like just watching, like how, you know the whole situation. So Sylvie gets fed up, and all she and she turns her bowl into stone, 
And I didn't understand that. And all the girls laugh at her, like, and I didn't understand, like, bitch, you could have been that stone. But they weren't worried. They were laughing at her because she ain't shit mag- magically. She don't know how to control right. her power. Like, all she can do is that stone. Like, I was doing that at three. You know, it's probably what they were thinking. Uh, back to the holding cell. There's more blood. The, the pregnant woman is in more pain. And Glenda and her assistant is back. And uh, she gets the assistant to help her physically, like, hold her, late, her, hold her up and everything. Glenda puts a little magic spell on her to uh, take her pain away. Because uh, she asks for opiates or alcohol. And without that, you know... The baby's turned around and she needs to, can't do it without, if she don't have any kind of pain relief, she's, it's going to hurt trying to turn this baby around inside of her. Uh, so Glenda hits a spell or something and, and the, 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 the pregnant woman has, her face goes with, you know, she's relieved, relieved, clearly, but still, you know, giving birth and has a hand inside of her, <laughs> you know, fishing around. So Rowan comes running in, and then Glinda snaps, what are you doing here? And then he's like, I thought I heard screaming. So that just pisses her off even more. Like, you were coming because you thought, you know, Dorothy was in trouble, and you came running. And uh, she, she asks for Rowan's knife. He gives it to her, and she, like, cuts something, I guess. I don't know. Oh, probably the umbilical cord, because it was probably wrapped around the baby's neck or something. Who knows? They didn't really get into that. Um, But the baby's born, and it's healthy, it's fine, and Rowan and Dorothy have this, like, moment when the baby, when he hands, when she puts the baby on the towel that he's holding, and then Glenda's like, leave us, Rowan, leave us! It's like, she sees it. Like, what's happening here? And, uh, so the baby's fine. The baby's very pale to be, have been birthed by such a, such a chocolate woman, but whatever. Next we have... Melissa has issues with your reference to a chocolate woman. I didn't say I had issues. What? What? Why would, uh... Yeah, she. Well, was it the chocolate? I should have just said dark. I didn't say I had issues. Oh, see, this was rich starting trouble. Exactly. Such a damn well, both y'all can just hit the bricks. Ain't no hit the bricks, you damn instigator. Uh huh. Let me start trouble. Just because me and Melissa besties. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, piece of crap. <laughs> so now we have Mistress West carrying over the threshold tips seemingly lifeless body to the bottom of that of their crypt area. Uh, and like places are in the water and I don't know, like lets her sink to the bottom, says some words and I don't know what she thought. I, I guess. Did you think Mistress West thought that was it? Like that was just going to be where she's where she lied, her burial. Oh, I think Mistress West has some emotional disturbances because she went from you and I were meant for something more to as soon as Tip basically 
stroked out. She was like, like, I gotta get rid of this body. Right, and then she, yeah. I'm surprised she didn't weigh her down with some rocks. <laughs> yeah, because between that and then she decides to hop up there and go down the street instead of across it. I was like, man, this got dark quick. So uh, uh, when we get to what happened, I, I have some questions. Um, okay. Uh, when she, like, you know, gets into her cutter mode. Uh, Rowan, is they're back on her roof, on Glinda's roof with her rose tree. And Rowan is basically, you know, he's just feeling some kind of way. And then she's asking, was the, was the witnessing the birth of that baby, um, did it remind you of what we can't have? I guess the witches maybe aren't, uh allowed to have or able to have babies um and he's like you know i wasn't uh wait what so yeah so you find out they only been together for two years she's like two years ago when you came to uh when you know when you pledged yourself to me Oh, oh, that was the line. Yeah, I want to get this right. In that moment, he was alone. He's like, I felt alone because I was neither with you, and then she's like, nor with her. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, uh, two years ago when you traded your old life for a new one with me, we promised to keep our secrets from the world, but never from each other. She's like, he's like, Glinda, you know, you can't hold me accountable for, you know, for what I did. She's like, my spell didn't make you a different man. It took your memory, not your heart. And we talked about that earlier. He's like, yeah, and with that spell, you're lifted, when you you lifted the spell, all my old feelings for her, or for you, came back. I do love you. And then she's like, but? And then he's like, we can't live like this. Like, he doesn't, he won't say it. And then she storms off. Oh, before she says, we won't have to. War is upon us. And uh, the, the, the wizard just left Emerald City with a thousand soldiers. Uh, so you're going to have to pick a side. Your life or death will depend on uh, which side you choose. And she said it just like, you know, just staring daggers at him. And he didn't immediately, he didn't go, but no, baby, I'm on your side. So which makes you go, huh? You know, where does his loyalties lie? And they show, they cut to a field, and they show all the wizards, uh, soldiers and battalion dudes and attack guys. And they're just outside of, uh, they're just outside of Ev, it looks like. He's like, we'll go to, we'll go into the city, we'll get the armaments, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be back by dawn, and then we'll be ready to march on Glenda. And they're like, all right, 10-4. So here we go. In, back to Jane's office, the lady who built and saved Jack. He shows up like, hey, how you doing? I'm back. And she's like, oh, look at you. You know, admiring his outfit and his statue, his standing in Ev now as the, as the queen's concubine. And, um... He's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm packing up. I got fired. She wouldn't make, she wouldn't make the weapons. 
So she fired her. And Jack is like, that's ridiculous. Don't You saved me. And da, 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 da. Wait a minute. You passed over one of the most important things, his relationship issues. Because he's talking about how with Tip, we oh, were friends. Oh, right. She's like, are you with Langdeweer? He's like, mm, you know, kind of. He beating around the bush. She's like, what about Tip? And he's like, what about her? We're just friends. He's like, it's simple with Languadier. She owns it. Yeah. Yeah, ain't no, ain't no, you can't mix feelings. Like, she owns me, that's, that's it. So then they get into why she's getting fired, and she's like, I wouldn't make the guns. Okay, this is my theory, and I have no idea how we didn't think of this before, or notice, or, or ask the question. So, she came with the wizard. She's the other woman, right? She's the other physicist, isn't she? I thought we saw the other physicist. It was Karen Chapman. Yeah. And the other one. The one that treated the wizard like crap. Isn't that her? That might be her. I'm looking it up now. Because... It would make sense that she would not be in eyes with the wizard helping him do whatever. She, you know, she hates Frank. So if she found Languadier and Ev and they're the more technologically, you know, savvy and advanced thing. I mean, she was a, she was a physicist of some sort, but doesn't mean she she doesn't have some kind of engineering background or know-how. I mean, super smart people can adapt to... She, she could, to, you know, with, with Ev's know-how and their universities and whatever, she could learn how to be what she does now. And it wasn't until the second watch, I was like, is that her? So, did you find anything? I'm looking now. Uh, let's see. Beautiful wickedness. That would be the episode. Uh, which episode? The episode oh, with the black. Oh, they? Yeah, right, right. Or if you look up on IMDb, does it say Jane slash Doctor Blah Blah Blah? As That's what I'm looking for now. Doctor Jane Andrews. Because if it is her, why didn't she go back? Did the yep. It is? Yes. Okay. How did we miss that for eight episodes? I don't oh, even not know. Not eight episodes, because we didn't see it until the flashback. But when when we first saw her, we didn't go, hey, that's the doctor that put Jack back together. That's, wow. Yeah. And you're sure? Cause I don't wanna... Yeah, I'm on... Yeah, she, 20 years later, Jane found herself working as an inventor for the royal family of Ev, mm-hmm. whose princess she makes masks for. Yeah. Oh, right, right. That was how we, she was first introduced. Yeah. 
Yeah, as soon as we saw her, we should. So I bet, I bet Mistress East was like, no deal. Once, once Frank was like, I'm not going back. She was like, no deal. And somehow, Chapman made it back with the babe with Dorothy. But the, right. obviously, Frank and Jane stayed. But under what circumstances, what would make Jane stay? And the only way I can think of is Mistress East, merciful and stern. It's like every time you say, like Muslims say Allah, they say peace, peace, peace be with them. Or I forget how it goes. So now, yeah, every time I say Mistress East, merciful, most, most merciful and stern. <laughs> um, people probably just turn this show off. God damn this. See, now this is just straight up racist. Oh. I'm on the wiki page, and it's like Dr. Roberto. He does not have a last <laughs> name. A last name? Just Dr. Roberto. Damn. Why are you assuming racism, though, Rich? Stop pulling that but every, Okay. Karen Chapman, Jane Andrews, Frank Morgan, <laughs> Roberto. Oh, oh, my God! That's terrible. <laughs> Roberto! Dr. Roberto, at least they gave, you know... He bust his butt. What was it, the little speech? Yeah, he there. got that from. He got that degree from DeVry. <laughs> uh, Doctor Roberto. Wow, they can't. He can't even be him in this or right. something. Um, or at least make him like Charlie Sheen and anglicize his name. Yeah, Roberto Smith. <laughs> Alright, so, okay, so back to, back to uh, Glenda and her assistant, they're walking through the hallways with Dorothy, Dorothy swears the jig is up, and she's like, look, if you're going to kill me, just do it, and she's like, basically like, oh, you like to uh, help people, huh, and she sent her into a room with all these, like, burnt out witch, little witchlings, in various states of PTSD, comatose one is just floating in the middle of the room one's got scales all over her face and it's explained that you know she's training these witches to to ultimately go and fight and defeat the wizard so she's uh put they're put these are the ones that have pushed themselves too far so they basically like i said burnt themselves out they've snapped uh, uh some are physically burnt out, some are mentally and psychologically uh, uh, burnt out and damaged and sh short-circuited. So she's like, oh, you have some medical t training, fix them. <laughs> like, and if you don't, you know, maybe I'll, you know, do something bad to you, is essentially what Glenda tells Dorothy, and leaves her, and leaves her in that room with all those uh, weirdos burnt out Witchlings. Back to the lunchroom. Uh, I, I don't know if this is the same meal. If earlier was lunch and this is dinner. Uh, but she's got a brand new bowl of gruel. And they do the same thing to her. And everybody's waiting to see, you know, 
Is the new girl going to let the bullies take her? Give me your cocktail, fruit. You know, she's going to, like, take the cornbread <laughs> and, and cocktails, you know, and get the good part of the, the dinner. And she does. She slides the bowl. But this time, instead of turning her bowl into a stone, she slides it back over to herself. And then the little girl's like, whatever. Like, I ain't impressed. And takes a bite out of her food. Then Sylvie does everybody's bowl and knocks everybody's bowl onto the floor. And everybody looks at her. Then they laugh and they all start banging on the table like in, in celebration. Like, yeah, she's learning. Like, she's one of us, essentially. Like, before she was some freak show that couldn't control her powers. Now she can and will accept her. So that's the show Sylvie's been accepted into the little witchling clan. Then we get to Glinda's roof, Rose Tree roof. Mistress West swooshes in. She's super emotional. She's like, I'm here to for a deal. You can have me. She's like, uh, I forgive you. Uh, Glinda's like, what the hell do I need to be forgiven for? She's like, for keeping my mother from me. Glinda don't even try to deny it. She's like, I couldn't trust you. She's like, I know. I've, I've, I've brought shame to the witch name and... You know, uh, you know, but I need my mother. I need her in the worst way now. Like, she's really being genuine and altruistic, if that's the word that fits here. Uh, but Glenda's like, oh, so what if I tell you where she is? You're not going to run back to the wizard and, uh, and, uh, and tell him and, you know, give him a heads up. And she's like, no, I swear I wouldn't do it. And then Glinda's like, nope, I'm not telling you, because she was, she's somewhere safe, protected from all those who would do her harm, including you. And then she lets her in on a story, a little secret, that she, Mistress East, or West, was set to take over. Like, she was set to inherit Mother South's throne, main witch, you know, throne. Be the one and to Glinda be. is heated. Yeah, she's like, not me. Not East, you, the fuck up of the of the of the four, you know, of the three cardinal sisters or whatever. Right. You, probably the middle child. What well, which would make East I'd the say baby? East the oldest. No, Glinda's got to be the oldest. Glinda's the bitter older one that got to see her sisters get things she didn't. Oh, oh, in that case. I think West is definitely the baby of the family, and no! that's why. No, no, East is the petulant to- baby who, uh, or youngest of the group who likes to see people in pain, like that abject, oh, the prison yeah. of abject, like has no qualms about because she was, you know, probably picked on and like took because she was the littlest. I don't know. Now I'm psychoanalyzing some fictitious fictional witches <laughs> um whoa so yeah so so glinda lets again lets her in on that secret and then it's like uh you know nope i'm not going to help you you're gonna you know you've snuffed out all the light in you you're just a void and she leaves her on her knees crying on her 
rose tree roof. Then we cut to Langdeweer finally returning from her relent. Oh, today has been the most relentless day. I know I'm queen, but still. So she's, you know, is everyone really that crippled? And then Jack takes offense to it. Then they have a bit of a spat. And and Jack is totally right and justified in how she but, treats people. Not necessarily but, that she fired Jane. That's her prerogative as a business owner, essentially. Like, if somebody doesn't want to make the product, you say, hey, you're my lead inventor. I need you to do this. And they say, no, you have the right to fire them. I get it. It's a moral thing. But go ahead. You're trying to say something? Oh, I was just going to say you can tell Jack has grown up in three days because <laughs> he is no longer her biggest weapon for most people is disarming them with her face. With Jack, it's her body. And he, throughout the argument, maintained eye contact. Yep, because she took off her top, and all she had is her, like, little uh, bustier, you know, uh, what do they call the things, stupid things that squeeze your ribs. Uh, gir- uh, not uh, girdle, but the official, like... Halter, no. No, it ties um, up in the back. People know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She is wearing one of those, and her boobs are all pushed up. And we know Jack's a boob guy, and he did not... There was one moment at the end where he might have slipped a peek, but we can't tell. But yeah, for the most part, he maintained eye contact, and he was serious. He was like, you can't use people for what you want, and then as soon as they're not of use, you discard them or you whatever. You can't use them for your pleasure, essentially, just because you can. Don't be a scumbag. Like, that's not how, you know... And then she's like, well, how then would I know talking about himself like how then will i know she's like is that why what did he say is that why uh you love me but you won't you know how did how did how did they phrase it rich oh it's that's where she was like ownership came ahead of the love as far yeah. as what it was she's like well how how you know how will you know they won't leave if you don't own them after you love them and he could have easily said trust idiot like you trust people, but he doesn't uh, know because the last person he trusted shoved him off a roof. Yeah. So she's like, "Okay, I'll prove it to you. You're free." And he's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Yeah. Now will you leave me? Like everyone else, you know, pity party. Will you leave me like everyone else?" Has? Like, oh God, everybody in their psychological problems. Um, back to the room full of uh burnt out witchlings dorothy's just trying her best i don't know what she's supposed to do like this is beyond her realm even if she was a full-on doctor medical doctor this is magic this is beyond her abilities and her understanding rowan brings another kid in who's burnt out and she had she's had it is this what they're going to do to Sylvie? Huh? And he's like, I'm just basically, I'm a, I'm just following the orders. And he's like, well, we need to stop the wizard. You know, basically like that we need to keep manufacturing these, these, these weapons, these witch weapons. And she's like, there has to be a better way. And her gauntlets activate. And she notices she's, uh, She's like, hey, I lost you. I accept that. 
but I haven't lost Sylvie. And I don't accept that. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, but not Sylvie. She grabs her jacket. He says, it's out of our hands, Dorothy. She says, no, it isn't. And she walks out of the door. It opens for her and then closes on on Rowan. So she's just roaming the hallways now of Glinda's uh, of Glinda's. Yeah, building. she's looking to scrap. And I don't know if the gauntlets uh, activated something in her, but she walks by. One of a door opens. I mean, because it knows what she wants. So it's like here she is. It opens the door into Glinda's bedroom. Dorothy sees her. She's taking a nap, just a random nap in the middle of the day. Yeah, I was like, what is this mid-afternoon? Like, what the heck? Did you see the light coming out from the window when she starts using her power glove? Well, the light was already like there was already like a ray sh- coming in, illuminating Glinda on the bed. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about, but you see it better when she catches the uh, the uh, hangman's noose over here. Ah, okay. So, uh, Dorothy activates her, or, or it seems like the gauntlets are using her at this point. Like, she's not in control. So, she <laughs> wraps her, She her gauntlets activate, she, like, does a little hand wave, and... Glinda's pure white silk sheet wraps her up and forms into a noose and hangs her from the ceiling. And Dorothy's sitting there, uh, 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 closing her, closing her fist. And you hear crunching like and a muffled scream. And uh, and Dorothy, yeah, pained whimpering. The uh, caption says. And then Rowan finally. I don't know how he got out, but he makes it into the room. She's wrapped in the sheet, hanging, struggling. You see the glint of the gauntlets in Dorothy's eyes like she's not there. And then Rowan's like, stop it, stop it. She's not responding. He's like, you'll have to kill me first. And then she let, him, she let the spell go, and Glinda dropped from the ceiling. And Dorothy, like, looked revolted, like, like you know, super, like, holy crap, what have I done? Like, that's why I think, I'm pretty sure she wasn't in control. Because she's not a killer. I mean, we learned that in the first few episodes. She's, like, super against, like, wanting to kill. Uh, them gauntlets got other, uh... <laughs> got other, got other, uh, aspirations. Uh... So, Dorothy, uh... Is walking through the halls. The assistant is also walking through the halls, and you're assuming they're going to meet. Uh, she, the door, a door to a room opens up for Dorothy. She goes in, and it's Sylvie. She's like, "Come on, Sylvie, let's go, let's go." All the girls stand up and start surrounding Sylvie. Sylvie backs up, like, "Mm-mm," and the girls, the other girls, are like, "Yeah, try something." And I thought Dorothy was going to beat up a bunch of eight-year-olds, but she didn't. I'd have liked to seen that. I don't think she would have won that one. Probably right. So Especially Dorothy, because you're on NBC. You can't have her slinging eight-year-olds. Wait, I was watching Family Guy the other day, and they were, uh... <laughs> it was sort of like me talking about my strategy for fighting a hundred duck-sized horses. He's mm-hmm. like... Because <laughs> the question was... <laughs> 
how many fourth graders do you think you can beat up? And they're like, they're like, okay, like, he's like, uh, a million, he's like a thousand fourth graders. Like, no, you're dead. You know, you can't, he's like, but I think I could deal with 80 of them. And Peter's like, I just, I'd back, back into a stall and just, <laughs> and just, and just kick them one at a time as they came in. He's like, <laughs> Make them file and make them come in single file, and you know, and so you obviously. But they then can't. they could stack and climb over the top. <laughs> and come underneath. I mean, it's not. Yeah. Oh it's God, not a, the crazy. most well thought out plan, but it was hilarious. <laughs> so so yeah, Dorothy didn't want that work from 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 a bunch of fourth grade witchlings, and uh, Rowan's back, and. Uh, Oh, oh, when she, when she fell from the ceiling, she yells at Rowan Glinda, Why aren't you going after her? And he just stands there stuck on stupid with teary eyes. Uh, so back in Glinda's bedroom, she's like, uh, you know, they're just more angst. And he's like, take, you know, what what your your spell was worthless because it's her spell I can't shake. She's like, whatever you can do, just use your magic uh, to bring that man. He's like, you know, to, to, to bring me back. Rip that part out of me. She reaches for his knife, and she's like, you do it then. He's like, my life? You want, you're going to take my life? She's like, no, you're going to take Dorothy's life, or I'm going to do it. And then he's like, oh boy, decisions, decisions. And she hands him, hands him, uh, hands him the knife, shoves it at him, actually. Do it, or I will. And we cut to outside. Dorothy made it to, made it to the front where they entered. And there's the carriage and horse. She jumps on one of the horses, and Toto's follows behind her. And uh, back to uh, Ev, and Jack leaves and leaves Langdewear, you know, looking all good. And uh, he leaves. He heads out to the balcony. He doesn't get far because all of the Ev troops start mar like running up to the balcony, getting in position. They're all. They all have guns, have rifles. Jack doesn't know. Like, I thought they were coming for Jack. I thought she sent them to stop stop Jack from leaving. But he just happened to get there when they were assembling because the wizard just showed up. And uh, they're all assembled with a high, high vantage point. And one of the soldiers goes, The great and powerful Oz has arrived. He's like, Are my armaments... Uh, ready? And he goes, quite. And all the dudes point the rifles at him. And Jack's like, huh, what the hell? And then the wizard goes, you're joking. <laughs> like, you can't believe it. And then they cut to Eamon, back in it, and Oz, sitting in front of a fire. And his wife or somebody comes in, or his daughter. It's like, Eamon, is it true? War is coming. And he's like, soon, or we'll be here soon. Solemn music. And then he uh, he goes over to his chest, opens it up, and there's the lion head. 
So, Boom. It's revealed that he is the lion. He was the one that killed Tip's parents. And uh, it seems like that might have stayed with him. And maybe he's trying to make amends. I don't know. I, I refuse yeah. to believe he's like the also bad guy of this story. He seems, you know. Well, I mean, we, we heard from Jane, and she dropped the, uh, just to keep everything lined up with the the story, she dropped the line of, when you first, when I first met you, you were worried that you lost your heart, and it's impossible. Yeah, and she said that while holding his face, like in a loving, motherly way. Which means she learned from the experience of making fun of the janitor. In 20 years, she, she, she got a little perspective on that. Maybe she shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he wasn't the janitor, damn. <laughs> uh, back up top in the normal, regular temple area uh, where they did the, 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 the ceremony for to get Mistress West of uh, the Eastern Wood, Merciful and Stern's spells out of her. And Mistress West is just... Like she's like a homeless guy at the bus stop. She's just muttering to herself. You don't know if she's chanting a spell or something. Then she sits in the middle of the temple where the grate is that actually leads to the bottom of the crypt, the bottom the crypt underneath. And she uses her powers and she cuts her wrists the long way too. Not even like you know widthwise, just straight up her arm, slices both wrists lays back, and just bleeds into the grate. And I didn't understand if this was if this was her trying to kill herself. Oh, yes. This was? Absolutely. Okay. And was All it, she needed was some Alanis Morissette or something playing in the background. So was, She went down the street instead of across it. Once you do that, you're not messing around. Oh, that's what you mean? Yeah. Like what is that? Whoa! I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, because when people went, do stuff like that, it's if you do it, if, quote unquote, if you go across the street. Yeah, you're just you're cutting, not You're looking for some attention. Yeah, but down you can't. Yeah, die but that's the one that. they show in the movies mostly, which actually is ironic that they're trying to be more realistic, and they're showing the way that's more successful on yeah. TV now. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I'm not clear right now. So, she lays there, bleeding into the grate. So, and then you hear footsteps approach. And uh, someone standing over her bleeding out body on the grate. And Mistress West looks up and she says, Tip. And it pans up and it's Tip. And then an exasperated voice goes, It worked. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and then the episode ends. It worked. Ozma bite. She bite. So I'm not sure. So this is where I'm confused. Is it just so happened that at that moment before Mistress West could bleed out, it worked, like she said? Or did the bleeding into the grate down into, you know, where, you know, where she was, did that help? I would say the opposite. The I would first, say that that's just the first one. The timing just worked. Yeah, because otherwise she would have been covered in West blood as she climbed the stairs. Well, it was her face was her. She was in the shadow, so you don't know. Yeah. And you saw her hair was kind of wet, so maybe I don't know. 
I, I, I hopefully hope I hope we get an explanation. At least, yeah. some, you know, they don't just talk past it. I hope Wes gets counseling. Wes needs some serious. Uh, Is she the highs? She That's what I'm talking about. The highs in this episode. We were we are destined for greatness. You and I. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are the princess and true ruler of Oz. And I'm going to be the one to facilitate you. your powers coming back. And yeah, let's do this thing, girlfriend. And then you find out, yeah, you were supposed to be the mother of all witches, but I didn't want to tell you because you're a screw up. And nobody likes you, and your feet stink. Yeah, and she was like, "Yeah, I am a screw up. Nobody likes me. My feet do smell. Damn it!" And, she went and she's the, like, "Oh, by myself." She went up the street. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then the pre the, the the focus on next week is their connection has been undeniable, and they show moments of them listening, Dorothy and. Rowan listening to the music together with an earbud in each, them kissing, but next week. And he's like on top of her, his face is covered in blood, and he's like got one hand around her throat and the knife in the other hand, and he says, please stop me, or something to that effect, like, yeah, keep me from doing this. But I don't know if he's under a spell or, or what. We will find out next week. So, uh, I thought uh, another strong episode. Um, two episodes left. They can't be anything but strong at this point. You know, like they better. Right. But yeah, really good. I, I like the revelation of the lion. <laughs> Finally get him back. Still, even though he didn't turn out to be the, the lion, Ojo has got to make a return. I started thinking maybe the 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 because I said, oh, the, it looks the, it looks like the 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 soldier the the sto- stone giants are back. That might have been. I'm thinking uh, that could have been a flashback. Somebody think having a memory, and maybe. N- Nahara isn't necessarily back, but maybe she is. Oh wait, Tip gets Tip gets the Mistress East's powers, so maybe that's how. Yeah, maybe she's able to break the spell to make break the uh, uh, prison of the abject, and Nahara gets out that way. See, or it could be Dorothy doing the same thing to help bring the elf, the uh, Munchkins, to whomever side she's gonna have. Because hmm. now she's just grabbing people with her with her witch powers and whatnot. Yeah, at the in the preview they sh- of their fight, Dorothy's all dirty and clothes are all tattered, and he's bloody face and muddy. So there was clearly a struggle. Yeah. So I think we could Fifty see- Shades of Emerald City. Fifty Shades of uh, Emerald Green. We get to see some, maybe some of her magic in action. And I think him saying, please make me stop, is him knowing she can if she wants to. Like, the gauntlets will protect her. And he's like, look, just I'd rather you kill me than me have to kill you. So, we'll see if he makes it through. I'm going to guess... I don't think he's going to make it. 
I'm not saying he dies next week, but I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he's around at the end of the se- series season finale in two weeks. Oof. By the end, yeah, he either dies next week or the week after. That's what I'm saying. So we'll see. And I'm not saying Dorothy does, does it either. Glenda might be the one to take him out. Well, he might take a bullet for Dorothy and Glenda at the same time. And neither of them ever know who he took the bullet for. Who he was trying to protect. Oh, so cheesy. Yeah. Shut up. Don't even. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that uh, that does it for another episode. Uh, feedback, feedback, feedback. It is our lifeblood. It is our, it is our oxygen. Uh, you can uh, find the show on Twitter, at South Congress. That's um, Congress with a K. You can find us on Instagram at South Congress Podcast, and it is still Congress with a K. Uh, you can find my personal Twitter at Trav Lord. And how can they find you, Rich? On Twitter at r.deuce, R-D-O-T-D-E-U-C-E. And uh, wherever you get this podcast from, you can leave a review, a star rating. Uh, let us know how you found the show. Whether it was, you know, a, a tag on a podcast or you listen to one of our other shows, whether the East Coast cast or the live cast or uh, the other fan by fan shows. So, yeah, so um, communication is key. So hit us up. Let us know uh, what you think about the show, this TV show, the podcast show, everything. So. Again, this is uh, the South Congress podcast, Fan by Fan Show, reviewing and recapping NBC's uh, Emerald City. This was episode 8 of season 1. I deleted it. I think it was called The Lion of Winter? Yes. Lions of Winter? Lions in Winter. Lions in Winter. So, yeah. So that does it. That's Rich. I'm Trav. Thanks for listening. Fuck.